It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To get a feeling of what it is like to sit at home in self-isolation while awaiting the results of a COVID-19 test, I'm joined by social entrepreneur and mother of four, Neve Gunn from Rochestown, who found herself in that very position in recent days. Good morning to you, Neve. Good morning. Now, firstly, you got your test results. Yes, I did. I got them. Um, after losing days now, but about two days ago, I think, maybe the day before yesterday, I got the results, yeah, and um, they were negative. But I am still, I have the symptoms and I've had quite an aggressive dose, so I have to stay in isolation, um, number one, just in case, um I get anything from the kids, but also that I don't give what I have to them. Um, so I'm still very much in the thick of meds and clearing my chest and all of that. Yeah, I, and I can hear it. Is is it a chest infection? Is it? Yeah, so yeah. And this is what people really need to understand. And um, my heart goes out to anyone that is sick. And we need to, I suppose, my message of why I'm coming on this radio this morning is because we need to take this extremely serious as a nation and we need to do everything that we possibly can do to not get this. And we just need to stay at home for the next two weeks. We really do. This is so critical. And, and it's it's uh, it's almost as simple as that. We just need to stay we home. Do. It's yeah. like just stay, like let's just go, hallelujah, we've got two weeks, no pressure, don't need to go anywhere. If I'm working, I'm working from home. So everything we've ever wanted in terms of flexi work, remote work, <laughs> we have it. Yeah, yeah. No commitment, we have time. Yeah, that, that's true. That's a wrap. That's our, okay. that actually a reality. T- t- take me back to last week when you started to feel unwell. When, well, I've, when I've did co- having, I've been having a cough for maybe two weeks. Okay. You know, I, I, but I would suffer sometimes from chest infections at times, you know. And I've had very bad chest infections in my pregnancies and acute asthma. And I was hospitalised on two of my children, uh, my four children. But I, uh, I I started getting this cough, this tickle for a number of weeks. And um, it would go and it come back and it was going on for a while. So I wasn't taking any notice of this. And especially because we had no virus, you know, that we didn't have COVID in the country. I hadn't been out of the country. So then um, I went to London on the Monday, I think the 3rd of March, and I was with an international group. I went with business, and there was about six of us at that meeting. And then um, I had the cough before I went to that meeting, though, So, but I got a desperate head cold, 
and a really bad chest infection started developing a really, you know, phlegmy, chesty, wheezy thing. So on the Thursday morning when I woke up, I had a temperature, a very big temperature. I was really badly coughing at that stage and feeling quite unwell. So I rang, um, I tried to ring the GP, he was inundated. I rang the helpline, I couldn't get through on that. So I ended up ringing um, 999 and the 112 number. I was trying those. So I, I went, I got through, but because I sounded so terrible and I was in a pretty terrible state, to be honest, they said, you need to uh, come in. So the, I think the normal way you go is through the GP, but because I sounded so bad, they got me to come straight away. Um, well, you know, they said, go into isolation straight away and renew with the appointment. So um, I went then to the test centre um, and I drove my car over and I went in and I was tested. Um, Talk to me about the test. Um, what is it? It's a swab. It's like a big, long cotton bud. Um, and it was put up my nose. That was a bit sore. To be honest, it was more the fear of it. And all of that was probably more frightening. And also because I was after getting so sick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean I think we were both looking at each other going, you, you kind of have to have it. You know what I mean? I was going... How stupid am I not to realise that this is what I have? But it had only started in the country, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got the back of my throat. Um, so is is uh, it an uncomfortable procedure? No, the back of the throat is fine. I found the nose a bit sore. But yeah, that's yeah, I've I've, I've heard I've heard a few people say that the nose yeah. one is. So yeah. that was the Thursday, and then you they said then just go home and and self isolate. Yeah, so we have an aunt off the side of our house, which is brilliant. Um, I can't imagine what it would be like having, you know, a room in a house. I think it would be incredibly difficult. So I, that's why I'm kind of saying to people, do everything in your power to not put yourself at risk. Um, um, so, yeah, I have, we have a, a unit of the house with its own bathroom and windows, um, which has been really important for my mental health um, the last week. Um, the children are able to come up outside the window and look in and I can look out. How, how difficult, what, what age are your children, Eve? And this is the part, like this is the part that's been heartbreaking. I haven't been able to hold my kids for, you know, seven days, eight days now. And people need to take this seriously, do you know? Um, I've Alice is two and a half, David's uh, five, George is eight and then Sophia's um, 11. Oh, they're um, young children. Really They're young, young ch- and how do you explain to the children that that, that mummy can't hug you, I can't kiss you goodnight? They tend to know I'm sick and it's because I'm coughing and spluttering and like I'm much better now. I was way worse. Uh, so, um, I, you know, it's like mummy doesn't want to, you know the way if anyone's sick, we don't want to give it to, it to each other. So I think that's okay and that I'm here, you know, is okay. I mean, there was once or twice it looked like I was going into hospital and I'm so glad that didn't, because then there'd be that that separation, you know. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that you know, I suppose. So we, we've been lucky from that perspective. And um, I suppose to what what I think people need to realise, and I. So I I was told at that stage. So I came back to the house. I came into the annex, and I came. I was getting progressively worse, very sick. And um, I was in bed and I was just getting weaker, actually. My chest was really bad. Um, and in the night at two in the morning, I had to ring the ambulance um, because you're told, well, to ring the, num- the number if your, your situation worsened. But I knew my my breathing was going substantially worse. 
So I rang and I was very chesty, extremely wheezy at that stage. And the, par- the hospital, the South Dock said, look, you're going to have to come in, you know, because I really wanted confirmation before I went in. Um, so then the ambulance came and the paramedic came and um, that was very scary, obviously. Um, you know, I wouldn't be recommending that experience to anyone. So I'd be, you know, doing everything I can not get it. Um, I, I, when the paramedic came, I didn't have a temperature, which is the critical, you know, which is a kind of co-important piece. And I said, look, I think I could have my normal respiratory chest, you know, that I have got in the past. Yeah, yeah. And I please, I don't want to go with you because I knew once I went up there, you know, the problems with the kids not seeing me. I said, can I hang on till the morning? You know, it was like, you know, we're looking at five hours. And he said, okay, you can. And then you you get in touch with your GP. You know, I'm not worried about you in terms of the temperature and your chest is really bad state. But look, we will get the GP. You know, really kind. I mean, my heart goes out to these medics. They're working. They're working so, so hard. I know. And that's what's driving me crazy. And I am so cross with people and I know people some people are like ninjas and being so responsible but like it, I mean I was devastated Saturday night when I heard when I saw the photographs of Temple Bar but when I heard like people were drinking down in Kinsale and having house parties and socialising and you know Saturday night I was in a very weak state here because I couldn't get so the challenges. I, my chest was getting progressively worse. My doctor gave me inhalers and antibiotics, but he couldn't give me the steroids, which is what I really needed. And my my chest was in a serious state. Like I'm substantially better now, and I still sound. You still, you still sound very I'm unwell. I don't. Do you, like do you think, Neve? For some, the message isn't getting through of no, the I don't seriousness. Think it's through. And, and this how is do we get that through? Well, I think I need to go on the radio. <laughs> no, but I honestly, and this is what I'm doing. So the steroids, but listen to this point. I couldn't get the steroids for my chest because the steroid aggravates the virus. So we knew my oh. chest was in a vicious situation. So I was getting worse and worse and worse. And because they're being flooded with probably unnecessary cause and c- craziness, you know, that there isn't symptoms, you know what I mean, it's mild symptoms or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I couldn't get my results. So it meant I just got worse and worse for six days. So then the minute we found out the results, they blasted me with the steroids. And that's and that's helped in your recovery. So it was, yeah. it was, you got tested on Thursday and it was Monday before you got the results. But today we're now in losing days. Um, Today is Wednesday, Wednesday because we were talking. Yeah. John Paul was talking to you yeah, on Monday. Monday, Monday night. Uh, yeah, and uh, Monday certainly up to Monday afternoon, you didn't have the results. And was it a phone call that? How did I you get the results? Ring all day Monday, but then I ended up getting three phone calls. Now, like, and they're really good, and they're really inundated, and there's definitely glitches in systems, and they're trying to clean it up. And you know, I gave I work with a lot of corporate business leaders, and I shared the gap that I saw in terms of, you know, I mean, I was, it was meant to be 48 hours and then just been able to not get any information, all of that. And, and obviously I was in a critical state, you know, it's like I really need to get my results. Um, so, like I know one of the multinationals has really stepped in and is 
collaborating, um, trying to help in terms of the delivery of software and call centres. So, like, I know there, you know, there's so it's all hands on deck to help um, the public service. Yeah, and we need to be getting the, the testing done uh, quicker and the results well, out we to people. testing if everyone stayed at home. Oh, well, that's true. That is very no, true. No, and the if, solution is, and this is the solution. Yeah. Stay at home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and Eve, from wearing your your business leadership head, I'm you know I started the program by com, you know talking about the yeah. number of people that will be listening to this program that don't normally listen because they're at work and they've been they haven't lost their jobs they've been temporarily laid off. Will businesses recover? We it is completely in our hands, and I fully understand where all of the business leaders and the employees and especially the business owners are at the moment. Because 10 years ago, I, um, I, I owned, I was one of the founders of a, a large multinational and I burnt myself out. And this is why I'm interested in the work I do now, which is all about, ironically, how we can create a more balanced, flexible, remote working life. <laughs> um, but, and that we need new ways of working. So it's, it, 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 I mean, it, it, it kind of has forced that now. But when you go into a crisis and you think it, it's all over, I've been there. I get it. You're you're in complete state of panic and stress. And what I'm seeing is everyone's gone into a panic of a state of panic and stress. And I suppose I understand that. And I, I suppose I've been sitting like a sitting duck here for seven days, just not really sure. You know, just getting the feed from the, the television and the um, social media and the news. What's going on? But I can see the whole nation is in a state of frenzy. And I think we need to calm down. And the business owners need to calm down. Because the multinational leaders that I'm working with were well set up for this. And the corporate multinationals three weeks ago were self-isolating off flight. They were having, they were doing the remote working, getting set up. The businesses that, that are under pressure are the businesses that weren't working with the times and weren't being ready with flexi-work, remote work, right? So it's only, it, you know, there's so many businesses from that perspective. Obviously, the frontline services I mean, isn't in this, you know, bucket because they are definitely impacted and we need to help them to reinvent themselves. But there's a huge amount of the economy that is functioning. But in order for them to function, they need to be well. Mm. And if our nation gets sick, we're getting in trouble. Yeah. We need a well nation, and the most and the, and the corporate multinationals get this because that they know if they get a sick a sick workforce, uh, you don't have a business because the employees are the business, and we're very lucky here. We're trading globally, we're running businesses globally, so we're fine. We we can we have to keep them going. And it's critical that we keep well and safe. And that brings us back to what you, where you started from. People need to self-isolate, heed the advice that's been given, given and just simply stay indoors. Listen, Eve, I really appreciate can considering... I say, can I just finish on yeah. this point, though? And this is a point that we're, we, where no one is kind of talking about. And I've been watching Singapore. Singapore and Korea have contained it. Yeah. Right, they contained it because they did it through technology. And I have a few companies looking at the technology at the moment. Um, where you could have, uh, there's two Irish products coming out with a test in 15 you, you can get the test in 15 minutes and then there's an app where you can track the location of the, the, the patient so if we have that 
monitoring. Singapore did that and they've contained it. Korea was efficient on the monitoring as well and they managed to contain it. So if we can get um, the monitoring set up and the testing ready, but we're not there yet. So all of us need to stay at home while they're getting that sorted. But the other thing that Ireland has, which is an incredible advantage, is we are an island. And we've seen this in history when there's been plagues in the past. We were the ones that were the enlightened ones, you know, doing the Book of Kells, and we, weren't, we, we didn't get impacted. So all we need to do is to let the virus that's in the system dissipate, right? Let that die off. And, if, and the, the rest of us be really responsible that we don't get it. We then have the possibility to be a healthy nation. And not only that, we are giving the message to the rest of the world. And Leo did an incredible job last night in like unbelievable leadership in terms of connecting with the rest of the world. But also, if we can lead by example on we all got in and we worked hard and we collaborated and we all did what we were told, that's an incredible message to the rest of the world when we come out of this, yeah. when we're yeah. looking for international business. Yeah, we, we can come out of it bigger and stronger. Neve, listen, get well thanks and thanks a million for joining us. Uh, thank thanks a million. So bye bye, bye bye. That is Neve Gunn uh, who has been in self-isolation while awaiting her COVID-19 uh, testing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.